once again, and welcome to Be Boomer Unleashed, episode 113, Just Good News, journal entry number 11. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us on Podbean at beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes or Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed, on iHeartRadio at B.BoomerUnleashed. You can catch our link on Facebook, Spotify, or Instagram at Be Boomer Unleashed, and on Twitter at Be Boomer Unleash One. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com with your comments, questions, criticisms, and suggestions for future episodes. And as always, if you'd like to be a guest on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, tell us what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on the air. Well, today's episode, uh, Just Good News Journal entry number 11, is part one of a two-part interview with a young lady by the name of Nisha Freeman. And we're going to learn about Nisha and her uh, good news ministry, if you will, backpacks and brown bags. And uh, we're going to be talking to Nisha about that. Nisha, a Barbersville native. And without further ado, let's go to the part one of that recorded interview now. Well, we have a special guest with us today on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, Uh, young lady by the name of Nisha Freeman, and um, I emphasize young because um, I've known her ever since she was a duckling, you know, just a just a little one, but Nisha grew up here. She's a hometown girl, grew up in the village of Barbersville, back before it was called the village of Barbersville. It was just Barbersville back in the day, and uh, went to uh, Mid-America Christian School and graduated there, and my goodness, she's done a little bit of everything. She's been in the real estate business for the past 18 years. It's hard for me to believe she's 18 years old. But anyway, she's also been on the uh, Barbersville City Council for a couple of years, and she's involved in a ministry um, called Backpacks and Brown Bags, which is a ministry of Lewis Memorial uh, Baptist Church, and she's the director there. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... Before we do, uh, let's talk to Nisha here a little bit. Good morning, or good afternoon, Nisha, and welcome to the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I hate to bust your bubble, but next week I'm going to be 58. So I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know what age that makes you, but I'm not that little snotty teenage girl that you're <laughs> remembering when you used to have a print shop. Oh on yeah. The- Main Street, yeah. Right. Well, I'm probably the socks I have on are about 58. But anyway, I'll be 71 in July, so I've I've, oh. I've been I've been around for a while. You know but what? We're uh, young. yeah, we're young at heart. I I told somebody the other day. I said in my mind, I'm still about 25. But the problem is, this 25 year old brain writes checks that this 70 year old body can't cash anymore. You know, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so tell us about growing up in Barbersville. You were uh, we're typical small town USA here. Tell us about growing up in Barbersville and if you've seen changes in Barbersville over the years. Oh my goodness, I I love this town. I my grandchildren. I have two grandchildren. They are part of the sixth generation to live in the village of Barbersville. Not just two five five zero four, but the actual village of Barbersville from underpass to underpass. Wow. Uh, 
My grandparents came here from Missouri to work for the CNO Railroad. Uh, I'm sorry, my great grandparents. They came from Missouri to work for the CNO Railroad, and they settled, rented a house, a big two-story white house that's over by the middle school. Um, there's pictures of my papa hanging from a tree there. Uh, him and his brothers were climbing and hanging down from the tree, um, and then. If anybody's familiar with Barbersville, the Chocolate Brown House headed up to Orchard Hills Golf Course. That was where my grandparents settled, and um, that's what I, I recall my grandparents' home. Um, uh, they also, my great-grandparents, and then it was sold to my grandparents, owned a Thompson Lunch and Grocery here at the end of Maine before you cross the railroad tracks at the corner of Depot Street and Main Street, and... and um, I, you know, I, I can't imagine living anyplace else. I really can't. It's just small town USA, and and I have a awesome front porch, and I can sit there and watch the world go by, and, and um, it's still a safe place to live, a great place to raise your kids. The school's great. Community's awesome. Your neighbors are fantastic. It's just, it really is Americana to me. Yeah, it's a great place. Speaking of your front porch, I used to sit on that front porch uh, with Mrs. Wysong, who lived there, and that little that little garage apartment you've got behind your house there, that's where my lovely wife Sherry and I set up housekeeping in 1973. Can you believe that? Well, that's crazy. I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, that, uh, uh, Ms. Wysong rented us that place for $95 a month, and we just didn't know where we were going to get that money. But anyway, we... Well, yeah, I'm renting it for less than that because my oldest daughter lived out there for eight years and didn't pay rent but had to pay her own utilities, and my youngest daughter's out there now until she gets married. So I'm not making any rent off that place. That's not a big <laughs> revenue uh, revenue generating project you've got going there for somebody in the real estate business. My goodness, but... I guess maybe I guess maybe it's better than having them in in the, your house, huh? Maybe <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, I used to be. This will take you back for Barbersville stories. I was Harold Dispatch's first paper girl. Wow. And when I was nine years old, I had the evening paper out for the village of Barbersville, and I delivered papers from nine to fifteen. I delivered the evening paper. Wow. That's familiar so... with all the, the uh, alleys and. The old names um, that scatter around through town when I still drive through, I still have uh, visions of delivering evening papers. Well, that's back in the day when we had a newspaper. Uh, yeah. you know, the, now it looks like a little uh, tabloid thing, you know, that they put out four days a week or they don't even put it out on money. But we used to, we had two, and newspaper was a big deal, but that's changed over the years. Everybody wants to instant news now, don't they? But. Yeah, you didn't have your phone back then. No. Google it. You had to Herald Dispatch it. Yeah, you couldn't Google it for sure. Well, tell us about your family. You mentioned your daughter's there. Uh, um, my oldest daughter, Janessa, is uh, a teacher at um, Spring Hill Elementary. She's been there 11, 12 years or so. Yeah. She is uh, pre-K, and she's married to Justin Lusk. He's a Huntington boy. And um, he works at uh, Cabell Huntington. And then I have two grandchildren. Elliot Capri just turned eight. And Campbell will be six in May. Wow. And then my youngest daughter, 
she graduates with her, she's 22, and she graduates with her master's in social work in August, and then she's getting married in October. My maiden name is Thompson, so I'm Nisha Thompson Freeman, and she's marrying a Salt Rock Thompson, so she's going to be Lydia Freeman Thompson. But remember at the beginning, I said my Thompsons are from Missouri. His right. Thompsons are from Salt Rock. So. Well, it's West Virginia, Nisha. It's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's not the same Thompson. <laughs> There's two separate trees here, okay? <laughs> okay. That's good. Hey, uh, we wanted to talk a bit, and this year we're trying to do segments on good news. And, uh, I've seen a little bit about your all's uh, uh, ministry that you're involved in. That's an outreach of uh, Lewis Memorial Baptist Church. Backpacks and brown bags, my, my, that's, uh, that's quite a name. And you're the director of that ministry and have been for a while now. And I think you all have won some awards and gotten some accolades you can tell us about. But tell us about this ministry, Nisha. What, what, uh, why, why would we consider this good news? Well, um, my old high school Bible teacher, Barry Smith, he called me in 2009 and said, hey, kiddo, you want to go do some Jesus in the hood? <laughs> As you can recall my youth, I was like, heck yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think much when those opportunities come. I, don't, I can give you an instant answer. And at that point in time, there was a Sunoco station down on 20th Street. Um, and uh, there was a lot of crime, prostitution activity, crime, shooting, drugs, and finally... Matter of fact, it was such a nuisance, they tore it down, didn't they? Yeah, that's why I was going to say, eventually it was tore down, but when we started this ministry, it was still up, and Mr. Smith drew a one-mile radius. I still can't call him Barry. I still have to call him Mr. Smith. I understand. Uh, When I talk about him, I say Barry Smith, and as soon as I see him, I call him Mr. Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he drew a one mile radius around that Snoco station and in that one mile radius was Spring Hill Elementary and so we went and met with the principal in 2009 and said is there anything we can do for you as a Christian community and Miss Bailey who's still the principal there she said we have some kids that don't eat on the weekends and I said well we'll take care of that so what started out as 12 kids at Spring Hill Elementary and um, I was just having stuff here, you know, at my house. And I'd mentioned to a couple of people and a couple of people were giving me some food and all that kind of stuff. And it was working out really good. And I was telling the Lord, oh, this is easy. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> this is going to take me about, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes a week out of my busy schedule. I can, oh, yeah, this isn't a problem. Well, uh, the Lord does have a sense of humor. I am proof. Yes. Uh, but. It has ended up snowballing into kind of a lot of different ministries, Um, but we are unbelievably blessed. And, you know, when the Lord's got his hand on it, that it doesn't mean that there's not chaos and confusion sometimes, but you know that uh, you've got peace knowing that you're where you're supposed to be. And we follow um, these kids from preschool all the way up to when they graduate from high school. And there was one that we even took care of while they were going to Marshall. And um, we've, so now we're up to, this is all kind of pre-COVID. We were up to about 115 kids that we were following. 
because light bulb went off one day of, well, when these kids graduate from elementary doesn't mean they all of a sudden start eating. So we follow them to middle school and then to the high school. Um, so we've, you know, we've had some of these kids 12, 13, you know, grades and um, it has turned into more than food in a backpack. Uh, the reason we just call it backpacks ministry is because people make Jesus complicated and they make all these little rules that you have to do Jesus by when it's really just as simple as putting Jesus in a backpack. Um, we are able to uh, provide them food for Friday. We do dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner on Saturday, breakfast, lunch, dinner on Sunday, drinking some snacks, and we're able to do that by the week. One of the things that we've learned about the backpack kids is um they some of them are living in cars some of them don't have electric some of them don't have water so you know we we want to i'm blessed to live in america we all are right but uh we forget that because we're blessed that we want to see everything through our eyes instead of focusing on through the lord's eyes but a dry pack of oats doesn't do a kid any good if they don't have a microwave or water so we devised a program in 2009 that uh, the kids can, you know, pull tabs, foods that's already cooked that they can take with them. When they're living in a car, they can still eat. When they're living on the streets, they can still eat. And we've stuck with that same basic food items ever since we started. Um, we have been able to have our youth my, this was just done kind of through Link Up Ministries, which is what Mr. Smith started. And then my pastor called me one day, and he was like, what are you doing? And every time I get that, I always feel like I'm going to the principal's office. I tell him how <laughs> calls me. I'm like, oh, this is like getting called to the principal's office. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he was saying something about the food. And, and he said, well, we want to do this as a local outreach ministry. And so it is a, a part of the missions of Lewis Memorial Baptist Church that they consider, you know, local missions as important as across the sea. And so they gave me a little room with a couple shelves and for these 12 kids. And now um, we have been fortunate enough. They called me a couple years ago because we were working in a what I would call a small bedroom. They advanced us up to this little other spot, which was kind of the, the size of a very small bedroom. And they said, we want you to move over to this house. And so now we, I'm working out of, what is a three bedroom house? Or, well, three bedrooms and a living room. And we, we fill it up quickly because the ministry has grown so much that we've needed more space. But in 2010, I was satisfied with delivering food on Fridays. Um, and just, you know, I had, we were only doing that one school, so we didn't, I didn't need any help. Uh, I'm not good about asking. I'm get. I'm better about asking for help. In 2009, I was like, it's okay, I can do it myself. I don't mean that arrogantly. It was just like, really, you know, didn't need much help. Um, now, mind you, when I say I didn't need any help, Lydia was 12, 11, so she didn't get a vote whether she got a help. So. <laughs> But the, uh, the youth department asked if they could pen pal the kids. So then we started the pen pal program with the kids. Well, then the kids start going to the backpack kids ball games and graduations. And 
and talent shows and um, the youth group really adopted these kids quickly and it became quite a mission for them um, the next part of the story because it all ends up intertwining is in about 2011 I saw this article in the paper and it was two paragraphs it was on the left hand side of the paper it was on the left hand side of the paper and then it was on the right hand side of the left hand side of the paper and it was about two paragraphs I, I mean I can remember exactly where it was and it talked about a woman getting shot found shot murdered in a cornfield in the Gallipolis area and it gave her name and her age and said she was known prostitute well I I was raised by amazing parents that um, taught me to love the underdog and help the underdog and don't tell people that you are you know we right. just kind of you know I was raised to slip in the back door do what you got to do slip out the back door and let the Lord get the credit and so um, it bothered me that this that was it it was just nobody nobody really cared and to my knowledge there had never been a follow-up on this lady being murdered and i kept looking at the paper for something to show up or watching the news and nothing it was just fizzled away but a couple weeks after that i was told that it was the mother of one of the backpack kids that oh, was being man. raped by grandparents so then i was like okay lord i've got to start a prostitution ministry right uh, and really, that was about how quick that conversation went. And I ended up going to a person. I knew nothing about prostitution. I, you know, I watched Pretty Woman the movie. I assumed it wasn't like that. But I mean, I, I didn't know necessarily where they were. I'd never met one. I didn't know how to address them. I didn't know what their problems were. But I felt confident that the lord was leading me in that direction and that it would all he would all place before me the answers and so i called mr smith and told him what i thought i was going to do and um he tried to scare me to death and told me he described he sent me an email and it described um what is it tubs who was the who was the two detectives in miami oh yeah tubs and crockett yeah, it was Tubbs and Crockett. That was I couldn't remember Crockett's name. He was talking about the because he could see evil because he was doing link up ministries there on 20th Street, so he could see what was happening. You know, kind of firsthand. He'd set up an outreach there on the in a building there, right where we were, smack dab in the middle of it. And he was telling me to be careful that, you know. I'd get kidnapped and chained to a bed and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't know, that's a little far extreme. But I think I'm going to go ahead and do it. And, and then uh, I pondered on it for a couple of months. And I said something to Mary Bumgartner. She was like, what are you up to? I can tell you're up to something. Because apparently it's pretty obvious on my face when I'm up to something. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't hide it well. And I said, well, I'm thinking about, I don't know, starting a prostitution ministry. And that was about all I said. Well, she tells me one day that I have to go to this women's meeting at church. Well, I am not like a kumbaya person. Right. I'm not, you know, it's not my personality. 
And I said, no, nah, I don't I don't think I'm going to do that. She said, well, no, it's for leaders that are women. It's a ministry leadership and you have to go. And I was like, well, I, I'm not over anything. I'm not a, I'm not a leader. It's not my gift. I'm not a teacher. I've taken those tests. Teaching is not my spiritual gift. I am not a leader. And she was like, yes, you are. She goes, you're over backpacks. I said, that's not really like leader. So, I mean, I did everything I could to get out of this meeting. And she still <laughs> told me I was going to go. And I was so mad because I, I just couldn't believe that I was going to be forced to go to this meeting. Right. So I went to this meeting and there was like 12, 14 women sitting in a circle and Everybody's talking about their ministries, and there was awesome ministries. I mean, they were wonderful ministries. And uh, then she said, Nisha, give us an update on backpacks. And I told her, and she goes, oh, I have to, when I do this, I talk like Mary Ellen. She goes, oh, Nisha Kay, tell them what else you're thinking about. I looked at her like the spawn of Satan. <laughs> I not planned on telling anyone what I was thinking. And I said, I, I might have told a little bit of white lie. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I gave her the, you know, what the look your mother gives you when she uses your middle name. That's right. kind of what I did for her. And she said, oh, the prostitution ministry. So I just took a deep breath, shook my head, and was like, I don't know. I'm thinking about starting a prostitution ministry, but I don't know. So then I left the meeting madder than a hornet that she brought it up. And two days later, I got a call from somebody that said, I was so moved by what you said in this meeting. I want to be a part of this prostitution ministry. And I said, well, first of all, I need to apologize because I acted like a brat and there was no way you could possibly be moved by what I said. And she said, well, when can we start? And so now I'm like, okay, you know, I've committed to this now. And my oldest daughter was getting married. And I said, well, my daughter's getting married in two weeks i'm not adding anything else to my life until after she's married the following wednesday we'll start passing out bags and so we did and we started on 20th street and we started in my mind i thought a brown paper bag would be good because it's disposable right and uh indiscreet and so we started with 12 bags passing out 20th street area and um first couple weeks we would go out and we would just pass these bags out and we started learning uh what the girls looked like just from walking we were like but we were like i bet that's one i bet that's one i bet that's one I wonder if that's one <laughs> <laughs> so then a couple weeks later uh, november 2011 end of november we ended up going to a totally different section out of that one mile zone. We went over to Sixth Avenue, which we now lovingly call Brownback Boulevard. <laughs> and we knew, heard through the grapevine, that there was um, some prostitutes living in an apartment building. And so we went to this apartment building and handed out 11 bags. We had someone that knew where each girl lived, and we knocked on each door and just said, We'd like to offer you a lunch. We're not expecting anything from you. We just want you to know that the Lord loves you, and so do we. And we handed them this bag. Had food in it, gospel track, and I had cards made up that had a phone number on it for the brown bag ministry. And we got down to the main road, and we had one bag left. And 
my little co-helper there. She said, well, what do we do with this bag? And I turned around, and there was a woman standing in the doorway, kitty like the OK Corral, her hand up on the door frame. And I said, we're going to give it to her. So we go back, and we introduce ourselves and give this lady a, a bag. And then, you know, we're like, well, if you need anything, give us a call. <laughs> two days later, she called us, and we're like, what? Now what do we do? So, <laughs> you were just being polite, you know, right? I know. I was just like, how are you today? We really don't want to know. We're no, like, no. It. Like, hey, call me if you need me. No, really. And so she called us and said that uh, she wanted to talk to us and she needed some help. So we took her to Fazoli's in Huntington and sat for about two and a half hours. And she told us her story of how she got to where she was and she said i don't want to live this way anymore and i need help and we said we don't know what we're doing but we're going to help you and um she said i said well how what made you call us and she said she went back up and to her room she lived by herself and she went to her room she went back up and she saw all these girls eating food and she lived by herself, but they had all gathered in this one room, and and she was hungry, and so she came down to see who was giving the food out, so then she goes back up, and she said, I was sitting in there with all the girls, and I took out this gospel track and said, girls, there's hope in this bag, and I'm taking it. <laughs> so she became hope, and uh, we give the girls fake names so that we can tell their story, and you don't know who they are, and when their life is transformed by the Lord and they come and sit in your pew, you're not, it's their story to tell, not my story to tell you and point them out. Um, they've had that their whole life. So since 2011, we've met well over 500 women on the streets of Huntington. Wow. Um, we have, if they, when they get arrested within 24 hours, Robin or Cindy, um, Cindy Foreman, you know her. She's, yeah. uh, she's one of our letter writers, and they get a handwritten letter from Robin or Cindy as long as they're in jail. And some of these girls have been in prison for, we follow them to prison. And some of them have had letters written for three and four years as a pen pal. Um, we go to their parole hearings. We're there when their babies are born. We're there when their babies are taken away. I'm going to court next Friday for one of the girls. Um, we drive them to rehab and pick them up when they're done and um we have uh hope ended up getting married in my house um that's probably been five years ago now and we've been able to be a part of some of them graduating from beauty school and getting married and some of them have made some amazing transformations in their lives and we've also been there for we had to plan a funeral for one of the girls and you know, there's actually 2020, we only had one girl pass away that we know of. Um, every year we, you know, lose somebody to drugs. But uh, basically what we do is just try to be the feet of Jesus. You know, you, you to go reach souls, you have to use your soul, S-O-L-E, to go go help them and mankind is not kind um if a prostitute came up 
to your business and said, can I have a job? You're going to say no. Um, but if we can help them and get them off drugs, um, that's our main focus is off drugs, Jesus, you know, we, we, that's the, we have to get them clear minded to make a, a life altering decision. And we, have seen them saved they've been baptized in our church we've got patients that's now living in georgia and she's bought her tiny house and she only owes three thousand she's three thousand dollars left on it and we were able to do if uh, someone did a fundraiser for us and we were able to get her all for plumbing for a little tiny house and um we've bought dentures and paid for medical expenses and you know people think that because you're a prostitute, you're living off the government, free housing, free food, free medical, which is not true. Uh, the majority of these women, and I don't, I'm not going to exaggerate, so I'm going to say 98.99999 instead of 99% were abused as children. Right. Uh, they were sexually abused as children, and you've been in the school system, and sure. I know have absolute horror stories, and the the majority of them drop out of school in tenth grade. Uh, they've been sexually abused their whole life and what we think is wrong and horrible and they it's all they know it's it's their right because that's all that they know how to survive they think it is right it's okay i'm not hurting anyone um because they were you know traded for sex at five with their dad's best friends we have one of our perfect names cornerstone and she's doing amazing right now. She's in her late 30s, and she's got year. Uh, she's she's pushing two years clean. And since she said since she was 12 years old, she's never been two years clean. But her dad and I was telling you this story the other day. When when she was eight, and she's in her late 30s, she told her mom that her dad had been raping her. Mm-hmm. And by the time she was 10, she testified against him in court. Now, that was 28 years ago. You didn't do that back then. You didn't. Right. You just didn't do it. So she was strong enough to testify against him in court. And he did get sent to prison for a year and a half. Well, after he got out of prison, he cut off the ear of a neighbor's dog. And I have looked up this information, and it is true. She's not exaggerating. And uh, he served five years in prison for cutting off the ear of a neighbor's dog, but only served a year and a half for raping his daughter. So, you know, that messes with your mind. That's messed up, you know. That's that's just messed up. Well, believe it or not, there's more to this incredible story, and uh, we'll finish up that interview with Nisha Freeman next week as she tells us more about the growth of this ministry and where God has led them from here. You know, Jesus is coming soon. Just about every broadcast, I say that somewhere along the line. Jesus is coming soon. And we don't have much time to reach people for Jesus. And whether it's a prostitute, whether it's a little kid, whether it's a family next door, whether it's your school teacher, whether it's the bus driver, whether it's a clerk at Walmart, wherever it might be, we don't have much time to reach people. For Jesus and Nisha and her crew they're out trying to reach these girls uh, for Jesus and you say oh well they're they're worthless they, they don't deserve it 
No, we're all worthless. We're all sinners in the eyes of God. You know, we like to color code sin. A lot of us do. But we're sinners nonetheless. And God looks on all that sin. And Jesus Christ died for our sins. Died for each and every one of them so that we might have eternal life. And I think that's just great. Well, next week, we're going to finish up this interview with uh, Nisha Freeman and the Backpacks and Brown Bags Ministry. She's going to tell you about that, uh, tell you how you might be able to get involved. And we so enjoyed having Nisha on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast today. And uh, we hope you'll join us again for our next episode. But until then, have a great week. And may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Goodbye.